continue the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports with a uh, visit from uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. He's also got a new book coming out, April 25th. It's called Father of Mine, and uh, Mike Florio joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Mike, good morning. How are you? Doing great, guys. How are you today? Good. Uh, you got to tell us more about this book. This is not a football book, is it? This is not a football book. This is a product of the pandemic, the initial months when we were at home all the time, and I decided to do something productive in my evenings. And the the story is pretty simple. My dad was a bookie in the small town that we lived in, connected to the crew that ran the town, and the mob was everywhere back in the 70s. And I assume that that was the case in small towns throughout America before Rico came along and they were able to shut them down. And I learned a lot of things, even though I was a kid, you just gleaned some stuff from just being around, being around my dad's bar, being around the house. And I decided to craft a a fictional story inspired by the things that I picked up at the time and things that I've learned by doing research on what that group did back in the seventies. And it was a lot of fun for me to write it. It's a very personal thing, even though it's a fictional story. And I spent a lot of time on it, and I've I've uh, decided what the hell. Let's see if anybody reads it. Nice. Let's see if anybody likes it. I set the price point low, four ninety nine. Can't buy anything nowadays for four ninety nine no. other than this. So hopefully people will check it out. And 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 what I've been trying to my pitch is if you come to the website on a regular basis and you like how we cover the NFL and you like how we write about it there, there's a chance you'll like how I write about this and. Uh, Hopefully people will. Very cool. Yeah, good. I'm going to definitely check that out. All right. There's some things we want to ask you about the Arizona Cardinals, but the Lamar Jackson and the Aaron Rodgers stories, they just they just seem to be dominating everything. The Lamar Jackson story does interest me because if there are teams colluding against him, where is this where is this whole thing going, Mike? And and what what are your thoughts on it? And I've gotten to the point where I believe that the truth is there are many factors in a that is causing teams to not be interested in Lamar Jackson. The blowback to the Deshaun Watson contract from last year when other owners were not happy with the Browns for giving that five-year fully guaranteed deal to Deshaun Watson, that's one factor. Other factors come into play, practical considerations. Lamar Jackson not having an agent who can go out there and try to line up real interest in Lamar, try to engineer a trade. The trade request he made public on Monday is something that should have happened last year. And I submit to you that if he had demanded to trade last year, maybe one of these teams that didn't get Deshaun Watson would have swung back around and tried to get him. Or maybe the Browns would have tried to get him instead of Deshaun Watson. It's entirely possible if he's out there at a time when the other alternative is a guy with 25 pending lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct during massage therapy sessions, maybe Jackson is even more attractive. But the window is closed. The opportunity is lost. And I think at this point, no one is going to make a run at him. If anybody does, I would say the Colts. I don't think the Patriots will. I think the Colts are the one that's possible. But even then, he would have to relent on what he's trying to get. And it dawned on me last night, as these battle lines get drawn and you've got owners who won't budge and you've got a player who won't budge, if nobody budges, does he even play at all in 2023? Yeah, yeah. And then if he doesn't play in 2023 and we kick this to next year and nobody budges next year, does he play in 2024? I mean, we have to put on the radar screen the possibility, not probability or likelihood, but the possibility he never even plays again. Because for him to play again, he's going to have to give in on something he maybe doesn't want to give in on. 
starting with whether or not he even wants to play for the Ravens at this point, because that may be his only option for 2023. And if he does play for the Ravens, it's for $32.4 million for one year, and he may not want to play for that. So <laughs> this thing is a mess, Ugh. and it all would have been avoided if he had an agent, because if he had an agent, he would have had a deal by now, and we wouldn't be talking about it. It's unfortunate. I hope other players learn a lesson from it, especially quarterbacks. And it's a shame that Lamar Jackson is in this situation. I just don't know how he gets out of it at this point. Yeah, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. The other quarterback that Dan mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, we know of his interest, his intention to play for the Jets. We know the Jets want to make it happen. They've said that they're not in on Lamar Jackson. They'll wait for Aaron Rodgers. And the thing is compensation now. But when when do you see this actually coming to fruition, Mike? Well, in most businesses, in the NFL particularly, deadlines drive action. And when this all was first bubbling up, we had reported the Packers were content to wait until the draft, that that's their deadline. To the extent they want 2023 draft pick compensation, the draft is when they would move toward their true bottom line. For the Jets, I made the argument last week, why don't they stand up and say, our deadline is the start of training camp. And if we don't have it done by the starting training camp, Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. I mean, you have to coordinate that with Rodgers, but that would be the time that you put maximum pressure on the Packers mm-hmm. to do a deal because they don't need him before training camp. He doesn't like to be involved in off-season workouts anyway. If they haven't traded for him yet, that gives him the ultimate cover to not have to show up for the OTAs yeah. if he doesn't want to go there. They don't need him to. He knows the offense. He could gather the players together anywhere he wants and get to know them. So figuring out when the real deadline is is a challenge. Now, it sounds like progress was made this week. The Packers giving up. Their demand for the 13th overall pick in the 2023 draft when Brian Gutekunst said we're not necessarily going to get a first-round pick, that was a major concession by him. And there has been reporting by Charles Robinson of Yahoo since then that it's looking like a second-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year that could become a first-round pick depending upon things that happen in 23. And then one sticking point is the possibility of something going back to the Jets if Rodgers only plays one year in New York. So if he only plays in 23, the Jets would get something back from the Packers in 25 to kind of balance it all out. But it sounds like they've got a basic framework now. The question is getting to the point where they just get it done. And I think it makes sense for everyone to just get it done. And I think the league would probably have an interest in putting a little squeeze on the Jets to get it done and the Packers to get it done so they can get the TV schedule done for 2023, knowing with 100% certainty that all those Jets games that get put in standalone windows (laughs) are going to feature Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. All right, let's uh, let's look locally at the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, it's a tough time for Cardinal fans, Mike. Um, I'm curious, what's more appropriate from your vantage point? Is it to, to be patient and to be happy that Michael Bidwell moved off a failed regime and brought in guys like Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon, or or when you look at their their apathy and free agency, and you look at that NFLPA report, do you feel like this franchise has completely lost its way? Where yet? Yeah, where, where should Cardinal fans be? when looking at their team? I think when you look at all factors considered, it's amazing this team was 10-2 and two in 2021. <laughs> like, how did that happen? Because the good years in recent times seem to be the aberration, and there's dysfunction that has lingered within the organization for decades. There's been no coach who has lasted more than six seasons with the Cardinals, dating back over 100 years. Jim Hannafin and Ken Wisenhunt are the only ones that made it six years. Bruce Arians made it five years. There isn't that institutionalized patience. The 
outcome of the NFLPA survey should be horrifying to Cardinals fans who should demand more from a professionally run football organization. I remember reporting from Mike Silver 15 years ago about some of the examples of the cheapness of the franchise. Robert Griffith signed a free agent deal and they deducted from his signing bonus check the cost of the FedEx envelope that was used to send him the check. Padlocks on the Gatorade cooler on the player's day off. I mean, if you want to be known as an organization that gets it, and if you want to be known as an employer that treats your employees like human beings, that stuff has to go. That stuff has to change. And it starts at the top. And, you know, one of the realities with Daniel Snyder, and I'm not comparing Daniel Snyder to Michael Bidwell from a personal standpoint, but as it relates to whether or not the owners would ever push out Daniel Snyder, one of the very real factors in this is the owners who get it, the owners who run their businesses the right way, like having 10, 12 franchises that are ineptly run. It makes it easier to compete if a third of the business is made up of owners who aren't running their teams right. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing that Michael Bidwell could do for his partners slash competitors is to figure it out and make his team into the one that's getting straight A's on these surveys, not straight F's. Yeah, well said. Mike, great stuff as always. Thank you so much for your time. Again, yeah. we'll point people to uh, the new book, Father of Mine. It's out April 25th. You can order it now in an ebook for four ninety nine. What a bargain. Mike, good luck with the uh, book, and uh, good to talk to you again. Thanks so much.